0: All right, it is that time once again to hit the books here. Part of the Hammer Betting Network alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Knish. I am merely Brad Powers. We have the producer extraordinaire Zach Phillips behind the scenes making things happen. Before we talk Pac-12 and preview the upcoming 2023 season, the final season with USC and UCLA in the Pac-12, let me remind everybody that Hit the Books is brought to you by BetStamp. The easiest way to improve as a sports better is to use multiple sportsbooks and always get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like Betstamp. Betstamp compares odds across every sportsbook for games, futures, and player props. You can save time and money by checking Betstamp before you bet. Download the app today. If you're looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app slash books or hit the link in the description. If you sign up through this page, it helps support the show. Kanish, I'm fresh off vacation. Stadium Tour 2023. How goes it, man? I haven't talked to you in a couple weeks.
1: Beautiful, baby. Good to be begin. We're getting a little closer here. It feels good. I can. We can taste it now. The finish line is coming here. Week zero. I gotta. I mean, I gotta ask the people. The people want to know here. First of all, you're looking a little clean shaven there, little brother. You know, <laughs> hey, you got the, you know, looking clean. And give us the, you know, the the elevator speed on the stadium tour. Maybe the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest event in all of off-season college football. I tell you, this I don't know people are DMM and me, I know they deal with you. They're like, they're like What the hell is Brad doing the stadium two hours ago? And what's good? Uh, first of all, I mean, you hit like 80 places in three hours. I mean, I, I, you are moving, my friend. So, uh, overall, what'd you think? Favorite spot? Uh, how'd it go?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, The most adventurous one that I've done so far as far as trying to hit many stadiums in the least amount of time as possible Uh, in the Virginia, Carolina's beautiful area of the country. Everybody knows that that's not breaking news there. I guess, you know, some of the group of fives were surprises, you know, liberty in support uh, of anything with regards to, uh, you know, what's going on there as far as the school. But uh, money wise, they have it. Uh, James Madison has a lot of money. That stadium was impressive, even though I didn't get in. Uh, you know, those are some of the impressive ones from the group of five app state, obviously beautiful setting there in Boone, uh, power five, you know, Georgia, Clemson, Tennessee, Ohio state. I mean, all met expectations. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, 22 stadiums, four days. And I did not speed, believe it or not, because I gotta tell you, Kanish, I don't know what's going on in in this country, but it felt like there was a cop every three miles. So I did not speed like I wanted to. So yeah, it was, uh. Certainly fun, but let's talk Pac-12 here. Uh, and in the final iteration of the Pac-12 teams, I'm, I'm anxious to see if they go back to be calling the Pac-10 uh, next year uh, like they were for much of our li- adult lives, uh, Kanish. But, uh, you know, you got USC, obviously, as the pro favorite. I think deservedly so. But nipping at their heels, obviously, are the Oregons, the Washingtons, the Oregon States of the world, and, and obviously the two-time defending champ, Utah. I can't forget about them. They're right there in the mix. I mean, when you look at a power ratings perspective, this is as strong as the conference has been in quite some time. I think there's five or six legitimate top twenty-five, top thirty teams. Now, are they as deep as as talent as the Ohio State, the Michigan's, the Georges, the Alabamas of the world? No, but if you're comparing them to other top ten, top fifteen caliber teams, I, I think they're certainly you know right there in the mix. So uh, let's kick it off with, with, with the you know the USC Trojans, the, the team everybody wants to talk about. You have the Heisman defending Heisman Trophy winner back in Caleb Williams. Obviously, Lincoln Riley exceeded expectations in year one, getting them the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, kind of a downer to lose to Utah and obviously Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. But with Caleb Williams back, with some great skill position back, I mean, uh, and I think an improved defense with what they added in the portal. I mean, I I bet over nine and a half wins. I thought that was way too short to, to open this market now. You're going to have to pay a hefty premium if you can still find that now. I think 10 wins is probably the more common season win total out there in the market. Did you get involved with USC, and what are your thoughts on the Trojans? Because to me, I think this team is better than last year's team.
1: I totally agree with you. Uh, I mean, I, I, even with uh, you know some of the skill position losses, I think they more than – then back that up, uh, and you, you should see a much improved. I would hope so, a much improved defense. I know talent-wise, they've uh, really upped the level. But as you're saying, I, I mean, the only you know the argument against would just be the fact that I think this is the best rendition of the Pac-12 we've seen in. Uh, I mean, just you know, th- four or five years ago, you were talking about uh, e- even with this conference being on, uh, you know, financially being on, you know, the the brink of disaster here. Unless I can get a TV deal, uh, it's it's the best rendition we've seen in in as long as I can remember. Um, and so that would be the only you, you know the I think the the case against them would be uh, I mean obviously they've they've got a, you know Notre Dame in the middle. Uh, you yeah. know, at Notre Dame uh, in the middle of the schedule, the you know the end of you know, the Washington, Oregon, UCLA, uh, you know Utah at Cal, you know the last five weeks, uh, and I think there's no there's no bye week in any of those. That last six week stretch would be yep. the only thing where I could say maybe they get tripped up. I mean, this team going into that Notre Dame game should almost assuredly be undefeated, um, yeah. and you know be six and zero, be you know potentially number one or you know in that top three here and then they're going to go into that gauntlet six-week stretch where maybe they can even drop a game you know if they're you know if, as long as they can get to that you know back 12 title they can drop a game they can probably win it and make the playoff and be back 12 champ. so I didn't I agree with you I think that the nine and a half was a play the pack 12 numbers now at around you know plus one you know I've seen things yeah. so uh, you know, 150 to you know, 175, even some two to one out there wasn't too attractive for me. I think you had made the best play on the nine and a half. Um, but their team, unless they, you know, lose the wrong game or two games there in that that end of the season stretch, um, they should be uh, the favorite. and I would expect them uh, to win this conference.
0: Yeah, you mentioned it. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, huge disparity. First six games, the last six games. I'm not sure there's a bigger disparity in the country as far as breaking up a schedule. I mean, their easiest six games are are their first six games. Their toughest six games are their last six games. And, you know, no no gimmies in the Pac-12 schedule this year. All the big boys are playing one another. So they they pull Oregon and Washington from the formerly known as the Pac-12 North. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, trip to South instead of hosting Notre Dame compared to last year, they go to South Bend. Uh, so it's not easy, but, again, I think I could easily see him tripping up. Obviously, two games, still so cashed at over 9.5. Don't see as much value there. Uh, minus 170. I mean, I'd certainly still lean that way because, uh, you know, I'm valuing a half win around, you know, certainly more than 50 cents. I'm actually closer to 70 cents. So uh, I'm not going to put that as an official play, but if you're out there needing extra action, I, I you can make worse bets. I'll put it that way. It Let's just talk. Seems like
1: uh, going go ahead. three and three in that. So I, I just – I mean – I ain't got all indications they're going to be six and zero, and so you're you're at that point in the stretch where you know I, are they going to drop three of those games to nah. go to? I mean you, were, I would feel like four and two seems like the the base, but I, I would be significantly surprised, even though you're paying one seventy there, if if they lost three of those games down the stretch. I, I would lean towards more of them, you know, being eleven and one at the finish uh, than nine and three.
0: Totally agree with you there. Uh, I'm not sure that the roster yet is to, built to win a playoff game over a Michigan, Ohio State, or, or, or obviously the SEC You know, teams, obviously Georgia and maybe whoever else comes out of there. But they're better right now. I mean, when you talk Caleb Williams and that offense, and I think they're better on defense, believe it or not, even though I'm not a fan of Alex Grinch. Uh, so we'll see if they can finally push through and maybe make that playoff. Uh, Pac-12 hasn't been in the playoff here now in the last six years. Let's talk about the two time defending champs, Utah, before we skip over them, because it it seems like they're getting pushed aside with with all the different narratives. And I promise we all we will talk Deion Sanders in Colorado at the end of this. But uh, the Utes, you know, got some question marks and particularly instead of talking about their overall season win total, which is around eight and a half, which I thought was fair. Uh, you know, considering that they play arguably the most difficult schedule in the history of the school when you're factoring Florida and Baylor and non-conference and, again, playing all the big boys in conference. Uh, mo- most intriguing to me is uh, Cam Rising might not be healthy uh, to start the season. So we've seen some money come in against Utah, particularly in that opener. It's not like everybody wants to have Florida tickets in their pocket with this Gators team, but we've seen that line come down from 10 to 8 as far as week one. With the uncertainty surrounding, you know, Cam rising at quarterback, maybe not being ready for the season. What I do think is ready, like tip, like usual, line of scrimmage. Utah is just bigger, more physical, uh, play a rougher style than anybody in the in the Pac-12 on both the O line and D line. And I think they're right there in the mix. I think the defensive line is as deep as ever. Seven of their top eight are back on that side of the ball. I'm gonna give you a playmaker, possibly on offense that nobody's talking about. Uh the the running back. I think, you know, he came on at the end of, of last season. Uh, you, you, you're looking at a guy, uh, Jaquina Jackson, uh, who, you know, you know, was you know, a guy that they thought was going to be quarterback originally when he transferred over, and, and now can, can be one, maybe that alpha in that running back room. Wide receivers are fine. Uh, I, you know, they lose a stud at Clark Phillips on the defensive backfield. But, I mean, again, meat and potatoes, they're as good as anybody on the O-line, D-line the question is cam rising is he healthy because if he's not uh certainly utah is not winning a third straight pac-12 title
1: no for sure uh obviously you know that, that's got to be heavily concerning for us all that report didn't think that uh, you know and they, i think we kind of take for granted sometimes the acl recoveries nowadays uh you know they seem to be the shortest duration possible but that's one that uh i mean if he's not in you you know you're not – you don't have any, uh, you know, like easy prep time here for this schedule. You're yeah. going right into Florida. Bailey, even, you know, Weber State is not, a, you know, a cupcake FCS, you know, no. going in um, into UCLA, Oregon State. I mean, that's one where if he's not, you know, good to go, I think this season – I don't want to say go, go off the rails. Uh, but, I, I mean, that'd be one I, – I, I liked that Florida getting. I liked Florida getting the ten even before uh, hearing some of that yeah. that news. There, I would expect that you know, depending on the, the updates, to kind of keep creeping down there, probably to around you know seven ish uh, and a touchdown. I, again, I've heard now. I hear some uh, you know on the Bud Elliott's doing our, our friend of the, the pod on the summer series that the defense obviously they returned a lot. There were some coordination issues I heard mentioned there that they think they've got cleaned up, and there'll All be right. more of a uh, be, you know kind of a a. Old school Utah defense, which uh, even though they win the Pac-12, the defense was a little bit of a step back. I have some concerns about the skill, talent overall. It's never been their thing. Um, you know, it's funny. They match, they match up really well, uh, you know, going against like a you know, last year USC team where they could bully them. Yeah. The defense is soft. Uh, you know, it's kind of why they were that inverse of what most of the Pac-12 was that I think really worked for them. Some of that has changed, though, now with UFC adding bodies, Oregon really upping their talent level, even Washington going. It's just kind of a, um, you know, a, I think it's going to be tougher for them to run their brand of football uh, and have it work as well um, this year. I would lean under the eight and a half with the schedule, some of the injury concerns, and just, um, I, I think Pac-12 has, has leveled up, so Overall, um, it would be a lean under eight and a half for me on the total. Uh, Faded them in a little bit of a week one on the forward position. I still think there's some eight and a halfs out there. Still think that'll close to the good. Um, So I'm a little down on them overall, but it'd be one of those like, you know, would it it surprise me if they, you know, uh, you know, kind of to win against me and you know, one ten and we got to the Pac-12 again? No, because they've been kind of overperforming their their program level for
0: a long time. Yeah, they kind of remind me what uh, Stanford was, you know, a decade or so ago uh, with Harbaugh yep, okay. as far as the physicality and what they were early under Shaw before he got dumb uh, as far later in his <laughs> tenure. But, uh, uh, yeah, they're just a different brand of football, but you're right. I just think that the rest of the conference is so much better that totally. a lot of these teams besides maybe USC, it's going to be a gauntlet to, to try to run the table here. Uh, I just don't think the rosters are built for it. Uh, so let, let's talk the Ducks. So you kind of mentioned them. uh you know, I thought, you know, Dan Lanning did a decent job last year with them. Uh, certainly defense was the weakness a year ago against the pass. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the, it was, you know, in, in the 100s if we're ranking it nationally. And they and they lose arguably the, 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 their top guy in that secondary Christian Gonzalez. But on the offense side of the ball, you're talking about Bo Nix back. He had his best year, uh, you know, even going back to his three, four years at Auburn. I mean, best year as a college uh, collegiate player was last year at at Oregon. Uh, Priority guy dinged up a a little bit there. Uh, But, uh, you know, he's back. Uh, You got to like the skill, position, talent. Keep in mind, I mean, prior to this season, I mean, Oregon had signed the the top recruiting class for five straight years in the Pac-12. So the overall roster, talent level is certainly there. Uh, I think when, when, when you look at, you know, how far this team can go, I think it's more on the defense side of the ball which is interesting because that's landing's forte, and they were so bad a year ago. Uh, If they can be somewhat improved on that side of the ball, then it would not surprise me that Oregon is sitting here in the Pac-12 championship game, certainly in the mix there. But, you know, we're going to find out early with them. I think they got a really tricky non-conference game at Texas Tech. Uh, (laughs) That's not going to be easy by any stretch. They're also at Washington, at Utah, USC. This is a difficult schedule for Oregon as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, it's it's funny. This would be the one um, of this upper tier that I would have probably the most questions in terms of one, their coaching staff, and two, their quarterback. And I know, but you know, Bo Nix is uh, it, it, I, I you see, you know, an upper you know, an above average college quarterback, but not, you know, you're talking about uh, a couple of guys that are, uh, you know, in the elite realm in the, the Caleb Williams, the Michael Penix, um, even what you would consider cam rising when he's healthy. Um, So the fact that of those, you know, of that upper echelon that I would probably have them fourth in both those categories kind of makes me not, you know, not, not a buyer in terms of their uh, PAC 12 title odds or any of their regular season wins or any of that. Plus, as you said, schedule, uh, tough non-com there with, with Texas Tech they got to go at Washington at Utah um, so I don't know if it you know it really sets up great for them overall this season but the the counter there is they, they've been you know accumulating talent obviously one of the schools that uh, is in the uh, the Nil uh, you know playing the Nil game as as much as anybody yeah. so you know they're up there I, I would say the roster overall as talented as anybody uh, can they fix the pasty? D? Um, and I think this will be a great test for, for how good is this coaching staff. You know, is Dan Lanning, is the coaching staff and the coordinators really um, you know, you know, of that upper echelon? Well, you know, one of the things we, we always you know, trolled on Mario Cristobal, which we've seen transferred to Miami, he could recruit, the man could recruit. I mean, you could want to play for right. him. He could give you a great speech. Couldn't really you know, execute X's and O's and schematics on game day. Uh, and I thought you know, they would get an upgrade with Dan Lanning. We'll see. This is the, this will be the year to find out because they got a lot of talent, returning quarterback. So, that you know, I, I think he uh, has a lot to prove this year in terms of if he can be in that mix because because USD got better, Washington got better. Uh, we'll see what Oregon can do.
0: Yeah, you mentioned I mean, they lose to Washington, the, the rival on their home field. And speaking of rivals, they blow the big lead against Oregon State. I mean, a team that they just have better personnel than. So that, that was disappointing because I thought they had turned everything around there. Keep in mind, they get blown out in the opener against Georgia. But then they they look like the the, the pac best team there for for the next six seven games before the loss to Washington. So yeah, it will be interesting. The coaching staff will be tested because look, I, I know everyone's about analytics. I got to tell you, they in some of those games, Washington and Oregon State, they went full blown analytics. You know, going for it uh, you know on fourth down at your own thirty yard line. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily ideal. I mean. I know a Presbyterian coach that was full-blown uh, analytics, never it, and he got fired and shit-canned yeah, after yeah, one year. So uh, there's got to be a little bit of a balance, I, I think. There's a- Nick Saban and-, and Kirby Smart aren't going for it on fourth down at their own 30-yard line in, in a one-possession game. So uh, we'll-, we'll see on that. You're right uh, on that one. Let's talk a first-year coach that did impress me quite a bit last year, that being Kaylin DeBoer at Washington. You know, when, oh, when you but, look at what he did at, you know, this was a program that had been trending down, obviously, you know, after Chris Peterson had left, they had the two year, you know, debacle there, but uh, improved immediately. And what improved was obviously the offense, particularly the passing offense brings in Penix uh, who he coached at. And when he was the OC at, at Indiana um, and Penix goes out there and lights it up and they have arguably one of the best passing offenses in the country. The good news is they got pretty much all those contributors back. Penix is back. All the wide receivers are back. I think, you know, outside of Ohio State, this might be the best wide receiver core in the country. Uh, that's saying something. Now, offensive line took a little bit of a hit. That's a question mark for me. Defense has got to be better, but I do like the pass rush up front. So this is a Washington team that, uh, you know, I, I leaned in. There were some early nines. I don't know if they're still available, but, I you know, I just trust this coaching staff more than, than say, like a Dan Lanning. Uh this is a team that I bet over nine wins, even though the schedule is not overly, uh, you know, easy uh, by any stretch of imagination when you're playing USC and Utah from, from the south. But uh, I did bet them. We talked about them on this show when we were first doing some stuff, previewing 2023. This is months ago. We said, hey, bet them against Michigan State. And that line's creeped up three, four points. I think we said lay seven uh, right here on this show. And now that one's in double digits. So I'm kind of a buyer of Washington.
1: Yeah. I'm with you here. Uh, I, I, you know, I just, I mean, you can't make it like, is there a coach that, you know, in a one year, what he was able to do, uh, that year when I, I mean, I thought, you know, Michael Penix, you, you, you go back to his, you know, Indiana days, and that you think his, uh, you know, his career was on the verge of uh, being over. Is he even going to start I mean and he turns a guy into uh, a potential Heisman guitar where he's just firing all over. I mean, the transition in that offense, um, You know, hopefully I would say the one, you know, caveat is, uh, you know, before last year, Penix was some health issues and that. So hopefully that would be kind of the one kryptonite piece for them, uh, is if he goes down at any point, that kind of, you know, Yeah, takes, good uh, point. Thinks any chance of, uh, you know, they're, they're not a team that can overcome uh, a quarterback injury because they'll be very offensive centric. But offense was incredible to watch. It'll be incredible again. Um, the defense is kind of the key factor there. I know they added some pieces uh, in the transfer portal. How good will it be? Will it be up to the, you know, the the standard there to be able to compete uh, with the USC's and the Oregon's and the Utah? Um, but Hey, I, I think ceiling. Uh, you know, uh, this is one of the early uh, Pac-12 futures I, I placed at some of those number that doesn't exist anymore. But this was one yeah. of the ones I was uh, a, a buyer on of Washington, um, and, and I even that I I like where uh, you know the, the direction of this program, everything they brought back. I don't really have um, any. I mean, I, I think the negative would be they go you know, at USC, even though that you know that environment doesn't really strike fear into me as, as some of the other, uh, at, uh, you know, home field advantages in the Pac-12, but yeah. that would be, the, you know, the big game there on November 4th and we'll see, but I, I'm a buy. I don't have a, I think my only cautionary tale would be, uh, you know, the Pennick can making sure Pennick stays healthy for, for full year too. But, um, I know you placed a, uh, little bit of a Heisman sprinkle on him. Um, and this is a guy, if he gets, if they can get the right. hype train going, I mean, he's going to put up numbers and all that. Uh, I'll give you here we'll do a uh, you know a a season long player prop at FanDuel. They had a Penix passing yardage at around thirty six hundred yards for the season. Uh, this a friend of the show, a franchise KF, there. It's still it's still right around that number. So um, I played over, and I like. It. He had about I think a little over forty six hundred last year. You're basically bet like if the guy stays healthy, he's going over thirty six hundred yeah, bank. So if he plays all twelve games, the thirty six hundred is an over. So um yeah, that was an over. Yeah, still there. Thirty-six uh, fifty uh,
0: What yeah. are they taking? what's the limits on those? I saw they looked pretty soft. There was more than a few questionable numbers there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh you know, if sometimes, you know, there's some people that go down to the kiosk to place these right, uh, you know, that helps out. Uh, so, uh, you know, yeah, it might be a little soft on the app, depending on your account. But, um, yeah, that over is a, uh, Zach, I don't know if we're going to make like an officially play that one. I don't know if it's on bets. I put it on the sheet, but uh, put it on the sheet. Uh, over 6, 3,600 passing yard for Penix uh, is basically a an injury or nothing play.
0: Totally agree with that. Uh, Yep. that'd certainly agree with that. Uh, Certainly again, like I mentioned, probably you can make case it might be the best passing offense uh, in in the country. Certainly way up there. Uh, Let's talk a few more of the top contending teams and then we'll sprinkle as far as, you know, some of the bottom tier because there is a clear separation between the top six and the bottom six. I promise we will talk Colorado. Uh, Let's talk, you know, Oregon state, Jonathan Smith, I think is one of the more underrated coaches in the country. I mean, I think it's a, a – and they really quietly won 10 games a year ago. Nobody's talking about it. I mean, we had one of their best seasons in nearly two decades, their best AP poll finish since 2000. Uh, th- th- this is a team that was a covering machine, covered 11 of their 13 games a year ago. They enter this season on a seven-game cover streak. Uh, then When I talk about, you know, obviously Oregon State, everyone's going to focus on the transfer. DJ Weungalele comes in from Clemson. Uh, we'll see what well, with some better coaching. Can he be, you know, better, but then again, he's, he doesn't have the surrounding talent like he had around him at Clemson. So, you know, I'm a little indifferent on that one. I will say he is an upgrade over Ben Goldbranson. Somehow they went 10 games with, with Chance Nolan and Goldbranson at quarterback. I think that says a lot about Jonathan Smith more than anything, you know, the, the defense, you know, I, I think takes a step back this year after they had Arguably a top 30 defense, uh, you know, a, a year ago. Uh, they just don't create a lot of havoc uh up front. And I'm not a big fan, you know, they lose their top linebacker to LSU and spates. So with that being said, though, man, I do trust Jonathan Smith. And maybe we've got a little disagreement here because I saw you spatting with some people on Twitter like normal Kanish. Uh, I did bet over eight wins. Uh, okay. I I think the thing is do I like their personnel compared to a USC or a Washington or Oregon? No. But what I do like is their schedule. Non-conference is a breeze, and they get most of the big boys at home. Keep in mind that refurbished stadium, they reopen it this year. Uh, I think Corvallis is a much tougher place to play than than what many give give it credit for. So I did bet over eight wins uh, on Oregon State. Are you against me? Because you said they were going to – fight and call and scratch to a bowl game. <laughs> and,
1: uh, I, saw, you know, I saw one of their uh, fans saying that, you know, is this the year for Oregon? I uh, I will say, I agree with you. i non-con. Uh, they should get out of it on skates. Uh, I love Corvallis, one of the, you know, the hidden gems of, uh, you know, home field. When it's rocking, it can be a, uh, you know, quite the atmosphere up there in the, the great Northwest. Um, but no, I think, you know, schedule wise, it sets up pretty good. For, I'm not, I would say I'm, I'm not anti-Oregon uh, State overall in the program. Do I think okay. they're going to win the Pac-12 or go to the Pac-12 title game? No, I'm not that. But, I mean, I think it, it, the, the, the top tier of the Pac-12 is so loaded to me. They're just not in. They just don't have that talent level on the roster. Um, all, now, one I wanted to – is there some chirping out of the program around that's this Aiden Childs character, yeah. that uh, early enrollee, Apparently, uh, I think he had an injury his senior year or junior year, go so they're thinking he was a little bit underrated in terms of, and so I will say, I know that DJU, I think he'll get the first chance at it, um, but I think he'll have a, I will say, I would, wouldn't be surprised if, if he doesn't really perform uh, early on. If there's a short hook for him in, in Corvallis there, uh, I know they've got some other, you know, quarterback channel in the roster.
0: Have yeah, you, good point. Have you
1: heard any of these Aiden Childs? Because uh, I, I think the word coming out of the program is they, they think this kid is the goods. And uh, I'm not a DJU guy. I know that I know why they brought him in, you know, quarterback depth and that. But And I know he was looking for the opportunity. But for me, I'm not a huge DJU fan. Uh, what do you say here on in this quarterback competition?
0: Yeah, I mean, if he struggles and he's turning the football over, I could see him go back to Gold Branson, uh, who was a game manager and didn't get him beat last year, or they, they go for the future in Childs. Yeah, I am familiar with the kid. He's their highest-rated recruit uh, ever at the quarterback position. Uh, I would argue watching the U.S. Army All-American game, he was the second-best quarterback in that game before he got dinged up at second-best player to Dante Moore, who we're going to talk about here in a second, uh, that's gone off to UCLA, so... Yeah, I, I think if he stays healthy and say he commits to, instead of an Oregon State, he commits to Ohio State, yeah. uh, his rank, he would have been a borderline five-star. So that's totally a kid to keep in you. mind down the line. Um, maybe November-ish if, if they're not meeting expectations here. But uh, I, get, I think it's still more 2024. Jonathan Smith seems like more of a, a conservative guy that if he's going to go pull DJU, he might go back to go Branson if it's about winning football games, at least at 2023. Uh, let's talk UCLA. I mentioned Dante Moore, uh, and the Bruins come in, you know, they've steadily, progressively gotten better. Not, uh, you know, maybe at the rate that some of whatever fan base they have left. I mean, watch, look at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> There's not much left there, but, uh, you know, Chip Kelly's it's been slow, but steady now this year, I think, they you know, we'll see what this, you know, what he's got because DTR is no longer the quarterback. Um, you know, obviously, you know, production-wise, as productive as any quarterback as they've ever had at UCLA. Uh, just, I mean, the cumulative stats were there. Charbonnet's gone. He, he's been their top back the last several years. Uh, they haven't overwhelmed me as far as the recruiting process, but transfer portal, I, I think Chip Kelly's done a good job. He brings in the steel kid from Ball State, one of the, the Mac's very best running backs. Uh you know, a, a quarterback. Does he play for the future immediately? I'm not sure that's the case. I mean, I, I would make Garbers a slight favorite uh, to at least start the season. But I, I think by the end of the season, Dante Moore is probably starting quarterback for them. Not conference schedule is a joke again for them. I think they sweep the board there. Uh, this was another one where, man, I, I'm not, you know, overwhelmed by the the personnel, but that their, their schedule is not overly difficult compared to some of the top teams. So, I played a little over A. It wasn't my favorite win total bet.
1: Yeah, you know what? So this is one that there's been some, uh, you know, disagreement between between different guys. Yeah. I would say, you know, friend of the show, uh, Tailgate Tent. I saw uh, Bud Elliott as well. They both played over 8.5. Um, I took some under 8.5 at plus money. Now, I know that. I think that's – it's gone back and forth there, you know, to shop yeah. around. I played back some under 8.5 on plus money. Uh, and I agree. The schedule is paper. I even saw, I think uh, – but was it Bub that played like a UCLA to make the play? I'm not, I, I like, to me, I understand the schedule is, is probably, you know, the softest of anyone in the, in the pac in terms of their overall schedule. I just don't see it with this team in, in terms of overall talent level. Um, I think, you know, quarterback, don't get me wrong. Love Dante Moore. Think he'll be fantastic. Ask him either, you know, garbage or having him out of the gate, uh, it, I think puts them, you know, at a, a tough spot in the quarterback position, Chip Kelly, I I will admit, I thought he was, you know, a dead man walking for a while there. Kind of got it rolling a little bit. But as you said, he's never been the greatest recruiter. I don't think their overall, you know, roster talent is overwhelming by any means. At Utah, at Oregon State, at Arizona, at USC, I just think, like, eh, all these, like, I I don't know if they're going to win any of these games. I I just, you know, no, they're not just a program culture, too, that I don't trust them being like the you know, like a, the most, you know, the, the hardest day, you know, the, the, the most good toughest state to play there. They've got, you know, absolutely no home field advantage, as you've said. So and some of these other games that are like, you know, Cal, Arizona State, Arizona, I don't think they're in the tier Washington State where, like, I don't think those are auto dubs, like those home where, like, if it's USC or it's Washington and it's those teams at home, I'm kind of checking the box and saying that, you know, I would be shocked if they lost any of those games. With UCLA, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be surprised if they lost to, like, Colorado. But would I be surprised if they lost to any of those, like, you know, middle to lower tier Pac-12 teams outside of that? No, because I don't think they're that good. So, uh, yeah, for me, um, it was an under eight and a half plus money. uh,
0: Do you want to go ride with that right now?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'll, I'll take the under eight and, a half and plus. Two. I agree with it It's like a flat eight, just because they're probably going to go, you know, three and zero in the non-con, and then you know they'd have to go. But at under eight and a half, I think I think eight's the right number. I think it's an eight and four team. Uh, and uh, if you bet over eight, uh, you know, low juice, good bet. If you're betting under eight and a half, you're a plus money. For me, that's a bet. I think that's that's all the difference there. So uh, yeah, I would take the the plus money on the under eight and a half.
0: Yeah, and just so people that are listening, I mean, again, half win doesn't sound like much when you play twelve game schedule, seventy cents. And even though I'm a guy that bet, that bet over eight, uh, and obviously I'm hoping nine wins, I, I don't disagree with eight and a half plus money uh, that is going under. So if you're good with that one, I'm not going to have a huge disagreement with there. Uh, especially, you know, the more I think about UCLA, uh, I got to tell you, man, this is a little in the weeds. I don't think they match up well, and they're moved to the Big Ten. <laughs> next year oh, yeah. i think they're in a world <laughs> yeah, of hurt it'll be a, a rude awakening
1: for uh, the hollywood crew there right? didn't
0: say <laughs> the least i even think usc is in a little bit of a rude awakening a little bit but certainly ucla would. that that's going to be the case so there you go Kanish. ucla under eight and a half for him not a big disagreement for me Kanish, i promised it let's talk Deion sanders primetime, colorado again not to tip our cap here but uh we talked about this one early on in the process. In fact, on this very own channel, this is why you need to hit the subscribe and like button uh, for this one and make sure you're paying attention to YouTube uh, when, when we're doing uh, shows here. But we were live on this. We saw under four and a half. It was available at FanDuel. We said, let's go under. There's no way this is going to be a five-win caliber team <laughs> with the roster turnover, even though I think they're much improved. Uh, I just thought that was asking for too much. I think during the show we moved it. Didn't they take it off the board after we said that? Or, yep, and they yep. adjusted to three and a half, and we've seen three and a half painted across the board. Obviously, an entirely different new roster. I question, you know, I actually question Dion's coaching chops, especially when he can't out talent a lot of the teams on his schedule. And is it isn't even going to be on the sideline.
1: He's got, he's, got, he's got like three toes left. The guy's having like multiple surgeries. Is he even going to be there for the season? Like, I, I know he's I don't having
0: know. a lot of. I will say this, though. You know, I I I won't be totally negative. I'm I'm not standing up here saying go under three and a half. I I haven't made that bet yet. I would still lean that way. I think it's a three and nine team. I did like his offensive coordinator hire, pulling the guy from Kent State, Sean Lewis. I think that's really good. I think his son will be okay, Shadur Sanders. I just question the quality depth, particularly at the line of scrimmage, And, and. The thing that gets me with Colorado is the schedule. You are playing 11 power five opponents and the six teams that we just went through are all vastly better than them. I still think Arizona is better than them. Uh, Arizona state Cal Washington state, at least on paper right now, I think are better than Colorado. The only team they're better than, in my opinion is the Stanford team. So I don't see a lot of surefire wins. Colorado state's a team that I like. Uh, I wouldn't, that's not a slam dunk win. On this schedule for Colorado. So I still lean under three and a half. Hopefully, you were watching the show several months ago and been under four and a half.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I just don't see how this year one isn't, uh, you know, a borderline disaster. But anything is, anything better than four and eight is like, you know, give Dion the coach of the year. But I don't see, I mean, they're, as you said, they're, they lost so, I mean, to, to, turn over almost the entire roster it going be a fascinating case study but I think it's gonna be a kind of a danger of of you know flipping over this much uh you know of your roster in the portal I don't love outside of the you know as you said offensive coordinator some of the other staff hires I wasn't totally a fan of um I, I don't I mean this is one where you've seen all the you know I love uh, tagging you in something where it's like Ninety-eight percent of the the, the yeah. bets on is you know Colorado's three and a half over, and I'm not Mister like you know paid the public here, but uh you know people are loving betting this you know hundred to one Pac-12. But just throw your donate the money to charity or something rather than put it on this Colorado team. To it that um I think they're in for uh, a rude awakening here. I think I think it's gonna go bad. That's the problem. I mean we'll have to see. If I think they get hammered by TCU week yeah. one. Then they've got the two games Nebraska, early: Nebraska and Colorado State at home. I tell you what, if they, they better get at least one of those two, um, or because yeah. then, then you've got Oregon, you've got USC. I think it's got a potential, um, depending on how the non-con goes, uh, or even as you said, they have no depth, so they have no room for any, you know, injury or in that. Where this could really get ugly here if they can't, uh, you know, at least go. At worst, one and two, if not two and one, in the non-con. Then I think they're in for a world of hurt in this Pac-12 schedule. So, uh, yeah, probably I wouldn't be. I mean, I be, I'm not. Other than I think I don't want to say you know, Zach, you can clip it. I think 0 and 12 is in the realm of possibility. Um, I, I would, but I would be surprised if it's better than you know, two and ten. So, but I wouldn't. I mean, as you said, 11 power five opponents, uh, and I'm not. I mean. What game? What games are they going to be facing?
0: What do you got? Colorado State, and I think Stanford's at home.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Stanford at home, but even then, just the brand of football Stanford plays—like if they can't match up on the line of scrimmage—I don't even know if that's so. It's going to be a long year for Coach Prime.
0: (laughs) And and what I'm interested is, you know, what's it going to? How is he going to? Because obviously, he's had more talent uh, in his playing career. He's had more talent at Jackson State. Uh, with, with his transfers. It worked at the FCS level because he can just overwhelm his opposition. What hasn't looked good is when he's had to step up at the FCS, them last two celebration bowl games, when they had to play the MIAC champion and, and Jackson State was a favorite in both games and they lose outright. That wasn't a good look. Now you can't out talent everybody and now it's going to, you know, rely on your coaching chops. And I, you know, I just question it right now. Even I've upgraded their power rating significantly, like 10 points. I'm giving them credit for, for upgrading the roster. Even then, I can't get them past three wins. So, under three and a half, you know what? I'll own it. Give me under three <laughs> and a half. I'll, I'll continue the negativity I agree. here.
1: At minus one fifty, I agree. At that juice, I like it.
0: Yeah, give me under three and a half. Even though we won't count in the records, but we did say uh, on an early preview under four and a half. You should have that in pocket if you're a loyal watcher. Most of you are. I know. If that
1: loses, you can you can cancel this show. If they win five games,
0: uh, oh my uh, god! Well, I, five apologize. games, I would give them the national coach of the year. I, I really <laughs> would. And we won't. Uh, in faraway places, they were offering five and a half last December. Yeah, I, remember, was,
1: I remember. I remember.
0: Uh, that was a, a. I can only bet a ham sandwich on that, though. Unfortunately, uh, let's talk a few other teams briefly. And if you want to expound on any of them, let me know. Uh, I am a believer in California. I was
1: going to say, you're driving this kale bus here, my friend. You are, you are the 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 ringleader of this Cal bandwagon.
0: Yeah, I just, I know there's some opposition, and I get it. Schedules difficult, but man, I just think they've been a tough luck team the last couple of years. They're three and twelve in one possession games. They upgraded a quarterback as far as athletically. They upgraded a coordinator, and I think you know, look, it's not a round ball. It bounces funny sometimes after not bouncing their way for several years. Maybe it bounces their way in a few games. I I think they're a five, six-win team. I I really do. And I know a lot of people don't like the coach, but uh, wait till Justin Wilcox gets fired if they want to. I don't even know if they care at Cal. Uh, But if he gets fired, he'd be out of a job for a week. Somebody will pick him up as a DC. So I I think he's all right, Um, even though it's been a little underwhelming. Keep in mind, COVID really devastated that program. They had to work out. Outside in their stadium, that was their workout facility because they weren't allowed indoors. So I think that hampered the program for a couple years. Uh, Stanford's total rebuild. Yeah, you know, Bill Connolly talks about year zero situation. That's what we're seeing, you know, with Troy Taylor. Uh, we've seen a ton of money, under three and a half, under three. We're seeing two and a half in the marketplace there. Uh, they might only be favored in one game this year, or maybe two games, uh, Hawaii and the FCS opponent, uh, Sacramento State. But that's going to be a tough first season there. Speaking of first seasons, Arizona State, I like long-term Kenny Dillingham. I don't like the, this year's team that much. Another significant roster turnover. It would be interesting with eight home games. Maybe they can surprise a little bit. I i don't see it, though. I, I did bet under five on Arizona State. Arizona, I like Jed Fish and what he's doing there. Uh, and they clearly overachieved last year. I don't see it on defense. Uh, I bet under five and a half. Uh, what I say, go under. I've seen four and a half in the market. I would not play that. In fact, I'd probably lean over over four and a half. I think it's another five-win team, even though they're better than last year. I just think the schedule is not great uh, for for them. Uh, and then Washington State, I, I took a little under six and a half. Is there any teams that you know strike your fancy in the bottom six?
1: Yeah, you know, I'd say Washington State. I agree with that. It kind of, that was one that uh, I agreed played on some some under six and a half there as well. Um, and I know a couple others are on that.
0: Jack uh, if no, you can no, find our six and a half I'll mark Washington State down as a bet
1: yeah yep yeah, like that as well um you know I, I would say the uh, you know the Stanford i I may, maybe I'm giving Troy Taylor a little too much credit I think the two and a half now has gone a little little too yeah. far uh with the fact that they have Hawaii and an FCS yeah I don't want I'm, I'm not running to the window to you know like say Stanford's gonna be better than by two and a half a little depressed now um and yeah. i'm interested to see i agree i think justin what nobody's done you know almost more with like less than like cows uh you know like do they should they even have athletics anymore i mean it's gotten to the point where they you know they don't inject any money into the program they don't have any resources in that so it's been really i don't have any any to you know jump on people there so um you know it's a it's a tough gig but as you're i mean this would be the one where it's like uh, minus 148. There's a little st- play, played some uh, you know, a lesser juice in that, but um, I, I'll leave it up to you, Mr. Powers, if you want to still play that at that. Oh, time. wow! Uh, yeah, it's, it's juicy, I, it's juicy now.
0: Yeah, I, you know what, the other one, if you can find it, uh, I, I would rather play, uh, that's you know, obviously searching around, so I appreciate it, Zach. If you can find. A five or a four and a half on Arizona State. I'd rather play under there. Not a fan of Drew Pine, that quarterback. Or <laughs> so no, uh, when, he uh, ends up being a uh, so.
1: yeah, there's it, 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 hopefully Drew Pine's family doesn't listen to this show because we uh <laughs> we we on it for quite a while here. But no, I agree with that. I didn't think that uh and you know they lost a lot of trip under the Herm uh, you know, mutiny and falling out there. Yeah. I think they lost a lot of talent and They lost their best offensive lineman to Michigan. Um So, yeah, I agree. I think year one under Kenny Dillingham is going to be uh, rough. So I'm I'm in lockstep there if you can find it.
0: Before we wrap this up, uh, four and a half minus 105. Yep, sign me up for that one. I'll I'll take uh, that one. You can put that under my name. Uh, I'll take under four and a half there. Was there any conference futures? I can tell you, I played a little USC, Oregon, Washington. I did, believe it or not. I'm one of them idiots that took uh, Oregon State 13-1 to to win the Pac-12, obviously, for less than. What i bet usc uh, was, was there any long term i know you're a long shot guy with that uh oh wow well, yeah the, 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 let's take plus 120 yeah of course man The plus <laughs> 120 is a good price there so uh the, the, there's a bet for me arizona state under four and a half plus 120 that is looks like caesars uh that as far as that one uh goes if you're for watching and want to shop for the best number uh was there any long shot conference futures or, or, or any, you know, few conference future bets that you really liked?
1: No, I think this is like uh, honestly the worst power five conference for long. Like I think this is a, a, a distinct like top four, top five and then bottom yeah. of the conference there. So for me, uh, no, there's nobody outside of that, that upper tier that, that I've even uh, remotely thought about.
0: Well, guys, that, that'll wrap it up here. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to, to Hit the Book's YouTube channel so that you get notified in real time whenever a new episode drops or we go live. If you enjoy the content, please smash the like button. If you're listening in audio form, please uh, rate and review it five stars. Uh, keep in mind, for all the shows, make sure you're following on Twitter, at the Hammer HQ on on Twitter, and also at Hit the Books. And for the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish. For Zach Phillips, the producer extraordinaire, I'm merely Brad Powers. You just watched our Pac-12 preview here on Hit the Books.